0: Gull, fueling your mission. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Gull.nz. Mark Stafford, kicking back and talking sport all afternoon. It's Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Let's talk football world cup now. Um, gosh, Australian sports fans just must be who needs sleep, just live on coffee and adrenaline. And I'm wondering if this man is in that neck of the woods as well, in that state of flux. Nick Stoll, Aussie football writer and presenter, Aussie are through, they're out of group stage. Nick, amazing for you guys.
1: Uh, I'm in disbelief. I, I somewhat believe right now that this is a fever dream that I haven't been sleeping that I'm now hallucinating I'm talking on New Zealand radio about the Socceroos playing against Lionel Messi in a round of 16 at a World Cup that's impossible there's no way this could be reality but I do believe that it might actually be true it's I'm totally
0: stumped. The amazing thing about this and is, like, we're not Australian, obviously, but we take a very close look. I'm lost to 4-1 France. We're just like, oh, yeah, that was always going to happen. And then beat Tunisia 1-0. Nice goal, nice goal. Oh, geez, they've beaten Denmark as well with a great goal. Can Aussie football fans quite believe it?
1: No, no, I don't. Like, I genuinely don't think so. And at every single point, even in the World Cup qualifiers when we played against Peru, no one thought we were going to beat Peru. We had a really bad qualification kind of lead up. We'd been kind of outclassed by Japan at home and by Saudi Arabia as well. And we really felt inferior. If you, Even if you looked at the squad, we didn't come into this World Cup with many, you know, the traditional thing is you want a lot of your players playing in good leagues for their clubs regularly, no injuries. A lot of our star players have had injuries. Harry Sutar has been one of our best players. He only played like one or two games before the World Cup. He's been out for like nearly 12 months uh, and he's been immense, uh, especially in these last two games. Uh, you know, you look at Matty Ryan, our captain, our goalkeeper. He actually lost his place uh, in Copenhagen, a Danish team. Uh, and so, what a kind of night for him to, to knock out the Danes where he's now been relegated to a second choice. There were so many reasons to not believe in this team, but I'm actually so glad that. For whatever reason, internally, there's been so much self-belief. And that's what the players have always talked about, the the belief in each other, the the brotherhood. And, you know, again, after that first game against France, you could easily have seen them kind of crumble and realise, oh, you know, we're just not at this level. And, you know, France, it it was 4-1. It could have been 8-1. That's how much they destroyed us. Um, But they really recovered well uh, against Tunisia, who who didn't play particularly well. Uh, Australia, you know, defended incredibly well. And then against Denmark, you know, it wasn't like one of these games where, you know, I'll give pulled off 10 amazing saves and we hung on by the skin of our teeth and it, the ball hit the bar four times and Denmark was cursed. They barely didn't really have like a clear chance. They had a lot of possession, but no real clear chance. And then Matthew Lecky, the hero, the guy who was equaling Mark Brasciano and Tim Cahill's record of most World Cup appearances for a soccer. He doesn't get the respect that Tim Cahill and Mark Brasciano do, but he is equaling them in terms of appearances. And for him to score that goal, and it was a beautiful solo goal, it was just an unforgettable, you know, remember this. Where were you? Moment, uh, and it was so good to live it.
0: Yeah, I was. I watched that goal this morning. I went, "That's going to be on all the news." You know, the dead rolls in and out of the sports news. That that's an iconic Australian sport moment, and couldn't happen to a nicer bloke. Um, one of one of the things you just mentioned then was. The Australian team, you're used to pulling players in from all of the top leagues and you haven't now, but what do you think this does for the reputation of the A-League when you look at the Aussie players and most of them, a lot of them are A-Leaguers and the rest of the go, are they going to scratch you and go, what's this A-League?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it shows that, you know, it's often seen that when a player comes back, Matthew, like, he's a good example, right? He he was playing in Germany, then he kind of stopped getting game time, then he was on the periphery, then there was come maybe second division Germany, and it just wasn't working out, and he came back to the A-League, and it was kind of considered like, oh, yeah, his career's kind of finished, or he's not at a world-class level. And for him to do that, and, it, and it's beautiful as well that Craig Goodwin scored our goal against France, another player playing in the A-League. Mitch Duke uh, scored the goal against Niger. Now, he's not playing in the A-League, but he was uh, until recently uh, playing for the Western City Wanderers. And all these players, they're not, you know, destroying the A-League every week and, and they're so dominant in this league. They find it hard. And we, we've seen, you know, superstars like Louis Nani come and the ex-Manchester United player come here uh, and play for Melbourne Victory. And he has, he's got one assist and, and no goal. So I think the A-League, you know, I think it should be have more respect both internationally and both, you know, here in Australia and, of course, uh, in New Zealand where, you, you know, we have the Wellington Phoenix, uh, you know, who have produced some wonderful players over the years that have, that have gone on to Europe.
0: Can you tell us about the scenes? Like I've just seen snippets of the scenes of the, the public in the middle of the night letting off flares and skyworks and um, lasers and uh, it's just going to be mental for the Argentinian game, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So last night was, I think, kickoff was at 2 a.m., uh, kind of Australian Eastern Daylight Time in, in Melbourne, where you would have seen all those flares in, in the centre of Melbourne. So at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, middle of the week, um, <laughs> there was, I think, 7,000 people uh, watching on a screen. Now, anyone who's been in one of these public site things, you yeah, know, it's not a comfortable watch. There's not, like, nice seats and beers being handed out and anything like that. You weren't meant to be drinking. You know, any any drinks that were being drunk were, were self-brought. Um, you're crowded. If you need to go to the toilet or anything, you know, it's not a kind of well The only reason you go to this thing is is to have that collective joy, that that collective explosion of just ecstasy. Uh, when to experience something like that, it means so much to all of us as individuals. But when you're surrounded by you know people, the true believers who believe with you it's just an incredible feeling but i just don't think you can get forget any other sport any other event you know this is this is kind of like a concert where you don't know if your favorite band is actually going to come out and play the song <laughs> uh, it's 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 just it's just incredible man and it's really beautiful that for the Argentina game which is at Sunday 6am which is a, I think a slightly better time in terms of more people probably wake up early and, and go to wherever their site is whether it's in Melbourne Sydney, Brisbane, Adelaide um, and also it's Sunday so less people have to work the next day and it, it's just going to be absolutely uh, incredible and it'll also be incredible there's a big Argentinian population at least here in Sydney so they'll be out in force as well so it really is gonna be one of the kind of the the special, special nights or special, special mornings for Australian sport that we probably didn't expect a week ago. Well, I certainly didn't expect it.
0: Do you dare to dream, Nick? Like we've seen upsets in this Football World Cup. Now admittedly it is in pool stage and now the rubber hits the road and you lose and you're gone. Um you've got to afford your team, your soccer ruse, some chance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean You know, Argentina haven't set the world on fire in in this tournament. Uh, They've kind of slowly started building. They obviously had that first round, first match loss to Saudi Arabia. Um, And and we've been competitive with Saudi Arabia in Asian qualifying. So, you know, I'm not saying we're favourites. I certainly wouldn't recommend anyone put put a big wager on Australia, you know, if you are, gambling obviously, so on and so forth. Um, (laughs) But there is something in football, and we've seen it many times, you know, it's ninety minutes, it's knockout. What what will happen is if we defend well in the first fifteen minutes, first thirty minutes, and you get to a, a certain point in the game, there's always a tipping point where mm. the underdog holds the score nil all. And at first, you know, the underdog's so anxious to just to hold on and, and just to you know keep the score at nil all. And then at about usually about the fortieth minute mark. And we kinda of saw it today with Denmark, you know, the Argentinian players might get to it, the fortieth minute mark, realize it's nil nil and go, Geez, how is it still nil neil? How come we can't score against these guys? And then suddenly they get anxious and they get worried that it might eventually go to a penalty shooter. And we we've seen, uh, we have a specialist in Andrew Redmayne who can come off the bench, do a wiggles dance <laughs> and uh, save some penalties like he did against Peru to qualify So I I do dare to dream, um, but I, you know, cautiously optimistic. <laughs>
0: And I don't want to go too far ahead, and the players won't look too far ahead, but you and I can, just between the two of us. If you got past Argentina, you then get Netherlands or USA. Potentially an easier game than Argentina. You could be semi-finalists, you mighty socceroos. You
1: know what? This is the greatest interview I've ever been a part of. I love this. (laughs) Let's let's go further. Semi-finals. (laughs) I don't even know where the draw is going to go. But let's say we win the semi-final. Then we're in the final, right? Huge build-up. Massive, you know every every side in australia is full every kid is wearing soccer's jersey then oh. somehow we win the world cup australia <laughs> has done it this is amazing so then they fly back to i guess sydney and then they do the open top bus parade but let's keep it going let's get that bus go all the way down to melbourne it's a long drive but the fans across the country they can they can line the the main highway Everyone can celebrate. This is, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's only four games away. This wonderful bus parade that goes from Sydney to Melbourne to Adelaide. Um, petrol prices are expensive, so I don't know if they can afford it. Luckily, the prize money for winning a World Cup is good, so it should all work out. Um, but yeah, it is. This is what this is what the World Cup has done to us. It has allowed us to dream almost wild dream.
0: Bugger it, Nick. Let's, let's do the Nullarbor in an open-top bus. Let, let, <laughs> yeah. Let's do the whole. Hey, mate, do you, do you think if they beat Argentina Sunday morning, a new Australian record for sick days on Monday?
1: Oh, I mean, well, no. I mean, Albanese, the pre- the Prime Minister, has to declare a day of celebration, a public holiday, possibly two, you know, <laughs> then, then, then we need to, because he needs to set one for the next for the, to make sure that we've all got the time off. But, you know, I mean, this is one of the beautiful times. Like I was actually at my Christmas party last night um, before I actually went into work for another job on uh, the Socceroos game. And every single person at the Christmas party was coming up to me and saying, where are we watching the match? Where are we watching the match? Like they wanted to kick on until four in the morning, uh, towards the end, even though most of them had to work the next day. So, you know, these, these moments, they come around once every four years. It, it's so special to be a part of. The last time uh, we were in a round of 16 game was 2006. You know, I was 14 years old. Um, more than half my life, uh, you know, has elapsed since then. So it, it's just an incredible moment. And I just feel like you've got to make the most of it. Who cares if you're going to work a little bit tired? Who cares if you have to call in sick? Enjoy this. You know, mm. <laughs> who cares if you have to drive to the Nullarbor to <laughs> see the World Cup lifted? <laughs> you know, it's worth it. This this will only happen once.
0: Yeah. Now, now, listeners know I've drawn Argentina in the office sweepstake, but hand on heart, I'll be cheering for the Socceroos come Sunday morning. Um, I j- I would just love our Oceania partners to hit that quarter, then draw either Netherlands and USA, get that, hit the semi. Sky's the limit. Nullarbor, here we come.
1: Oh, I love it. I love I love. this. It's been a great interview. I hope the soccer listen to it and they, they dream this possibility and everyone heads to the <laughs> I'm
0: sending it to them. I'm going to clip it up and send it to them. <laughs> hey, Nick, love the chat. Nick, uh, enjoy the next few days. I know you will. Thank you so much. Have a great day. There he is, Nick Stoll. What a great chat. Um, very jealous that we haven't got the All Whites over there, but I'm I'm jumping in behind the soccerers. Why not? It's just a fantastic, fantastic story. And seeing the the pictures coming out, I, I can put I can put trans. Trans-Tasman rivalry to the side and jump on the Socceries bandwagon after all this is the most of these guys are in the A-League the team that we have our our own guys in there as well Um, what a story if they could could find a way past Argentina and then they dare to dream to beat the Netherlands or the USA whoever make beatable probably more beatable than the Argentinians the belief they'd get out of beating the Argentinians then Netherlands USA and then semis what a story Take a breath. That was fantastic. New sport and weather. We'll be back after that.